From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name's Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation, and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, there's been a lot of talk recently about the impasse on the housing bill, which might provide conditions for a double dissolution election. How likely is this to actually happen, or is it just posturing? I think it's mainly a threat to try to intimidate the Greens into passing this bill, but they've been uh, very stubborn so far. The bill has now been introduced for a second time into the House of Representatives. There won't be a vote in the Senate until October, so there'll be a lot of toing and froing for quite some time to go. The attraction for the government of a, a double dissolution, apart from a possible joint sitting after that to get the legislation through, is is that it might knock out a couple of Greens from the Senate. But on the other hand, even if it did that, their places could be taken by a couple of other small players and you could still have as difficult a Senate. Not, frankly, that the Senate in general has been that difficult for this government, despite this particular piece of legislation. Anyway, people don't like early elections, and I think it was notable that the Prime Minister this week was pushing back any possibility of a double dissolution right into the back end of the term. All right, and Michelle, on The Voice, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese was questioned today quite extensively about his support for treaty, which he danced around a bit, didn't quite answer. So he said instead that the Uluru Statement doesn't say anything about Commonwealth negotiating treaties. What do you make of that? Well, I think that the Prime Minister wants to narrow down this debate to keep it strictly on the voice. He doesn't want it to extend into other things like uh, agreement making, that is treaty or truth-telling, which are also included in the Uluru statement that the government does support in full. It was a very poor interview this morning. He was all over the shop, and I think that uh, if the government doesn't get its lines better on this question of treaty, then it will just uh, be playing into the hands of the no vote. The opposition in Parliament this week has concentrated in particular on Linda Burney, the minister, and this question of treaty, and she has just wanted to run away from it as far as possible, just to not engage with that question. But you can't do that for another however many weeks and months until the referendum. Yes, and that must be particularly worrying for them given that the polls have recently been showing that the yes side is losing support. However, their supporters still believe they can get the referendum over the line and they think that more than a third of people are undecided or unengaged in the voice and therefore up for grabs, particularly closer to the actual referendum, I imagine. So what's happening on the ground, do you think? Well, the Yes campaign believes that this battle will be won on the ground, not uh, in uh, what they would call the Canberra bubble. We've heard that line before in other contexts, of course. But uh, the campaigners on the Yes side at the moment have many thousands of volunteers out there canvassing. And of course, we expect the vote probably to be mid-October. The Prime Minister hasn't uh, set a date for that yet, and that, in political terms, is a long way away. 
I think that uh, all the evidence at the moment is that people are concerned with cost of living issues, that that far outweighs uh, their preoccupation with anything else. But uh, the Yes campaigners are putting their hopes on the point that when people have to focus on this voice question, when the referendum is imminent, that uh, those voters who are in the undecided camp or, or just not thinking about this at all at the moment will fall onto uh, the yes side or enough of them to get the referendum through. We know it has uh, a lot of support among younger voters and they may well be ones who are at the moment uh, just somewhat disengaged from it. So the yes campaign has certainly not lost heart from the uh, the general polls that uh, are being conducted and that are bringing not good news for it because they are thinking that the situation on the ground is looking more positive. All right, and just on that point you made then about cost of living pressures, the Reserve Bank yesterday kept interest rates steady for the second consecutive month, which was obviously something of a relief for mortgage holders, and I suspect something of a relief for the government too. Will this affect the chances of the Yes campaign, do you think? The government and the mortgage holders will hope that uh, we've reached the end of the uh, cycle of uh, the rates going up. We can't be sure, but uh, nevertheless, uh, if that is so, I think that uh, it takes some pressure off the government and, uh, of course, uh, you could say it would give some hope that people will focus their attention uh, on other issues like the voice. Nevertheless, in economic terms, there are still very hard times ahead. Even if the interest rate rises uh, have stopped, many people will have rising rates because they will be coming off fixed-term arrangements and, and therefore will be uh, in quite a lot of pain over coming times. And also the economy is slowing and that puts a squeeze on another level on people. So I think that we can't really say that we're in the sunny economic uplands uh, anytime soon. Yes, all right. And finally, Michelle, we heard this week from former Prime Minister Scott Morrison in the wake of the RoboDebt Royal Commission report, which had some very harsh criticism for him in his role in the disastrous scheme. Morrison gave no ground on the findings at all and instead accused the government of a political lynching. But he actually seemed to just give the government a fresh opportunity for attack, didn't he? Certainly, they've taken that opportunity. The uh, government uh, in question time all this week so far have had a whole lot of Dorothy Dixon questions, especially to Bill Shorten, who has pursued this issue very hard, of course, for years. And uh, there's been quite a tirade against the former Prime Minister. I guess Scott Morrison had to make the statement, but it's just been a reminder that uh, while he's in Parliament, uh, he really is a negative for the Liberal Party. But uh, at the moment, there's no one willing to uh, give him uh, a good salary outside Parliament, so he sits there. All right, Michelle, terrific to talk with you as always. Thanks very much. Thanks, Amanda. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com.